And today is one of my favorite songs. And so if you just look to the screen, feel free to close your eyes and let the words float over you or repeat them to yourself. But it starts off and it says, those whose way is blameless, who walk in the Lord's instructions are truly happy. Those who guard God's law are truly happy. They seek God in all their hearts. They, do not, they don't even do anything wrong. They walk in God's ways. God, you have ordered that your decrees should be kept most carefully. How I wish my ways were strong when it comes to keeping your statutes. Then I wouldn't be ashamed when I examine all your commandments. I will give thanks to you with a heart that does right as I learn your righteous rules. And I will keep your statutes. Please don't leave me all alone. And so, Father God, your word says that happy are those that keep your way. That blessed are those that follow your instructions. God, this morning we just want to have an experience with you. We want to feel seen and known. We want our worship to be intimate, God. We want today to be a sincere expression of a loving relationship that you have carried us through since the beginning of time. And so, God, we just pray for whatever needs to happen for that to be true. For those of us who are heavy this morning, God, be a God of comfort those of us who have come with doubts and questions bring clarity if we are exhausted and distracted bring rest and focus God may you be the brightest thing in our morning today may we hear your voice the clearest today and we love you we set our eyes upon you Holy Son's name we pray. Amen. And we sit in the tension of the now and the not yet. We sit in the tension of both proclaiming the goodness of God and awareness that there are people who are not have yet had their eyes and heart open to seeing the goodness of God. And so we intercede on their behalf. And we wait impatiently for the day where we see the fullness of the goodness of God in the land of the living. And until we see that, until that moment comes, we will declare and proclaim and be the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so it's with the same gumption and the same truth and excitement that we were just singing about God's goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. We are going to proclaim that and declare that in the midst of the darkness and the chaos and the unknown, knowing that there will be a day where every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. And we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Oh God, you are the one in whom we live and love and have our being. As you dwell within us, there is nothing that can separate us from your love and grace. Although at times the pain, trauma, and hurt of this world can overwhelm us, life feels just too much. Come alongside us 
so that we may lay down our heavy burden and collapse into your comforting embrace. We pray for the universal church, its members and its mission. We pray specifically for the family and congregation of Pastor Joe Moore who was murdered in Compton, California outside his church on Sunday. God, would you be near to that congregation in Compton, California for the pain and the hurt and the confusion and not knowing why, God, would you be near to that congregation? May your comfort and your peace and your presence overwhelm that body, his family. And we trust you. Even when we see chaos, we trust that it is not chaos to you. Lord, have mercy. Source of hope, there are some of your beloved children who know love, who know suffering and trauma as constant companions. Places in your beloved creation where violence and tyranny are commonplace and generosity and grace are unfamiliar. Therefore, we ask that your Holy Spirit descend upon the many corners of this world in need of your liberating love and abiding peace. We pray for the world and all those in it. We pray specifically for Yemen and its capital as it experienced a terrorist attack, killing nine and injuring at least 12. And as they go through the rubble and they find more impacted by this terroristic bombing. Oh, might your love and your peace and your presence ascend upon that city that you would put hands and feet to the church in that city, that they would be overcome and overwhelmed by your love. May grace and mercy and peace and hope have a name in that city and may it be with your church. God, would you come provide every resource, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual for the healing and the recovering of your children. We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County. We pray for the upcoming election day and every position that's being voted, voted on. God, that you would go before every office and every person that is open for election this upcoming week. God, that you would go before them and that you would ordain the right person to be in the right place that you would allow the people of your church to be most tethered to your kingdom above any other name. We trust you with the city of Smyrna and the city of Atlanta. We trust you and we give it to you and we ask that in, in its fullness, your kingdom would come and that your will would be done. We pray for our leaders now and the coming leaders that will be elected place people of wise counsel around them, that they would be a voice and an advocate for the marginalized and the injustice, that they would partner with you in the spirit, that your kingdom of light may shine bright. We pray for the concerns of this local community and all those who suffer in it. We specifically pray for Wanda Masters. Yes as she is in suffering and pain. 
coming last days and weeks ahead of her. God, would you and your presence abide in that home? May they be able to smell the aroma of your presence. You are so near. Would you be near to Chris and Chelsea and John and every person impacted by her life? Yes. Which is many, many. Thank you, Lord. God, would you take her from her suffering? Would you answer her prayer? Heal her on this side of earth? Or take her home that she may be with you and no longer in pain? Yes. What a gift she is. And I pray that these moments would be holy and sacred. Yes she knows she is sitting with you and you are sitting with them holding them so God of comfort and peace Emmanuel God come and be with them yes. in that home and lastly we pray for Tansy Mitchell as she's having yeah. MS flare ups God would you restore her vision completely Would you allow stress to subside that she might be able to walk in a freedom and healing that she's not right now? Would you restore her vision fully? Would you love her intentionally and immensely in only the ways that you can? May she know that she's loved and seen. May we love her well as an extension of your body. And we lift all of these up to you and we declare and know that with gratitude we will say there will be a day where we will see the goodness your goodness in the land of the living it's in your name we pray amen i love our body and i genuinely do love this body Um, i'm excited to be here when i come and sit in the back when people are leading worship to prep I sit back there with a smile on my face. Sometimes I'm kind of doing goofy stuff. I love interacting with Bill in the sound booth. And then as you each show up one by one, it feels like just a gift of a person walking in every time. And it just means a lot. So I'm really thankful for all of you. Um, Today we have a guest and the guest is Dr. Johns. And there are actually two Dr. Johns in the house today. They were both my professors at seminary in Cleveland, Tennessee. Both had profound impacts on me. 20 years before, it was almost like prophetic teaching. It was not prophetic teaching, but the teaching was so specific to what I would then step into later in my life um, that I didn't know at the time how pivotal it was. Things like the disciplines, things like the scriptures, things like take your, take your Christianity seriously. Like this is a real life thing. And I can remember the classes I had with both of them. And to this day... Um, I feel like they're hugely inspiring all over the country at this point, and I just feel lucky that I get to to be connected, and Sarah feels the same way. And so as Dr. Cheryl Bridges-Johns comes up in a second, um, I encourage you, if you'd like to get her book, many of you have already read it, Seven Transforming Gifts of Menopause. Has anybody read this yet? Started reading it? Yeah. (laughs) So my mom read it, loved it. So it's still available, and there's other books, too, that she has. All are good. All are good. All are good. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Johns up. Give it attention. 
It's wonderful to be back with you and to feel at home again. And a good day to be here to honor your pastors. Josh and Sarah, you are really blessed, as you said you were. You know what a good thing is when you see it and experience it. And the community that you have here is a gift. It's a rare gift that should be treasured and um, maintained and preserved and watched over and guarded because, um, you know, we serve uh, a God who um, gives us the great gift of community and leaders, but we also know that that is often um, something that is attacked by our enemy, too. And so when uh, that's just the need to preserve, the need to hold on to and to treasure that which you have. I'm going to be reading out of Hebrews um, chapter 12 here, if we'll pull up the scripture. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer, perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. And those first words of this section here, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we are on All Saints Eve today. And it is also Reformation Sunday, so we're kind of doubly blessed today. And most Americans, you know, spend their time uh, on All Saints Eve, um, trick-or-treating, giving out candy, getting candy, dressing up, all of that. But the the origin, it's one of the most ancient of the Christian traditions, goes back to the 4th century. There was a, a, a big wave of persecution in the Roman Empire. And it um, was like one of the final most vicious attacks on Christians. And there were a lot of people who died. So they thought, let's have a way of remembering uh, those who have been martyred in the faith. And it was set aside then as this time to uh, remember the saints. And the thing is about remembering All Saints Day, it's All Saints Day. So it's a time to think about the cloud of witnesses that are already beyond the veil, but then those of us. So, you know, we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. And there's the other cloud of witnesses. And then there's just that thin veil sometimes that separates us too together. And Martin Luther, you know, and during his time uh, of setting out the uh, Reformation, he he corrected some of the issues. One of the issues was that people began to worship or to pray to the saints. And um, you can... uh, Every, I, I remember being in Italy and some, asking somebody, and who is your saint and who is your favorite saint? Everybody has their favorite saint with that. Um, somebody told me this week that they were going to paint me an icon, and they said, who's your favorite saint? Um, and I said, Hildegard, the, the green saint, you know, the verdant saint. 
please do a Hildegard for me. And we all, we can have our favorite uh, saints, but we don't pray to them, we pray with them. See, there's a difference there? And we're praying with the saints. And John Wesley loved this day so much that four times in his uh, journal, um, he made the remark that he said, it's a festival that I truly love. A festival that I truly love. We've lost a lot of that, haven't we? We've lost a lot of, it's not we just don't have our favorite saints, but we've just lost a lot of the communion of the saints. And I like what you're doing here with the corporate, this church down the road and that church. And, and we're all part of the communion of saints together. And we're part of those who have gone before us. And we're part of those who are with us now. And we live in a time when it's, um, me, my, the hus my husband loves to hate this song. It's me and Jesus, we got a good thing going. We don't need anybody to help us work it out. It's just me and Jesus. That's so unbiblical, isn't it? Um, and if you'll notice sometimes how many of our songs will have the word I to it, but not so much we. Because it's often, we kind of get into this, it's just me and me and God, and there's sort of this pipeline without understanding we are, are singing, and it's us, us here together. And not just us here, but the saints who are in heaven with the Lord. So that All Saints Day teaches us that grace is relational. All grace is relational. Jesus, our Lord, is the great gift of the relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ. It's a gift of relationship. So All Saints says that we can experience God's love through the people of God. So we have been given the gift of Jesus in Jesus' body. And you cannot ever, don't ever do this, ever separate the body of Christ from Christ. Christ is never separated from Christ's body. So we are in Christ, but you cannot be in Christ without being in the body of Christ. Now, I am like you sometimes. It would be kind of nice not to have to deal with people, you know, like, hmm. Especially sometimes in these times that we live in, you know, like, I uh, just don't want to deal with you. And, um, but that, I don't get that luxury. I don't get that. I, I am in this body of Christ. I am to love this body. I am to find grace in this body. I am to give to this body. I am to serve this body. I am, as you did in the prayers of the people today. We don't just pray our prayer. It's the prayers of the people, the prayers that we pray for others. And it's wonderful for us to remind ourselves that there are, um, there are people suffering in Sudan, that we pray for them. We, we know that we are not just all alone on an island, but that we are in part of the larger body of Christ. So we celebrate, all saints, is this triumph of Jesus over death so that we can have this eternal life with Christ, with the communion of the saints. So we have this 
cloud of witnesses that has gone before us, cheering us on. And I love what Hebrews says there, that we are surrounded by that. Um, this is an old uh, fresco over a baptismal pool. So imagine you're coming up out of the waters, and you're looking, and they're looking down on you. Like, when you come out of the water, you join that group. And it's a wonderful thought with that. So that in this time in which we live, um, we are part of the ones here, but then the ones that have already gone. Sometimes it's hard for us, I believe, to, um, to think about those who have already gone. Because uh, I think we live in a historyless kind of existential world. And uh, you're like me, I get on Ancestry.com. Any of you do ever do that? You know, do the DNA, and then you've got all these cousins way out there. And you're sharing materials, and, and you're sharing stories, and you get in arguments. I get this distant great-great-great-grandmother around 1800 to 1820. She had several sons, but it doesn't look like she was married. So there was this man by the name of Copeland, but her last name was Merritt, but maybe the Merritts aren't Merritts, they're Copelands. And then, you know, we can get pretty vicious with one another about it. Like, I've got some cousins that would never want to say Lucy was loose, you know. <laughs> and, she, and, and I'm saying, well, it looks like that to me, you know. I don't know what was going on in Upper South Carolina in 1800, but... <laughs> It was kind of wild west over there, you know, so I do not know. And we can get pretty intense about our arguments about Lucy. I'm just fascinated by her. Like, what happened to Lucy? Who was the, who was the, and three of her sons became ministers. I think they tried to redeem mama or something <laughs> like that. But we have shared DNA, and, and that's the wonderful thing about in the body of Christ. We have shared DNA in, in Christ. We have the same DNA of Christ. So Christ is our elder brother, the firstborn of the new creation, and we are in Christ. So I have brothers and I have sisters all around the world, and in every corner of the world, I have this large family. And I want to encourage you this morning to remember those who have gone on before you. We don't do that enough. To remember the ones who, um, as Hebrews said, you know, as you go through this in chapter 11, uh, the author of Hebrews just starts telling the stories. You know, there was... Um, Abel and Abraham and Moses, and then, well, what more could I say? Well, there was Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David through the prophets, and then all of these people did these wonderful things, but then um, uh, others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and imprisonment. Some were stoned to death. Some were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. Some of them went about in skins and sheep of sheep and goats. They were destitute. They were persecuted. They were tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. 
They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and in the ground. Yet all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised. In other words, they did not see the coming of the Messiah. But yet, since God, they, um, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. So there's that better that they were looking for. And we have received the gift of that better. And we are then to live as they lived. Sometimes we conquer. Great miracles happen, as this writer of Hebrews. And then sometimes we suffer. So those who conquer and those who suffer are still victorious. And it's not that, oh, well, you had this great miracle and you didn't, so you must have faith and you don't. It is um, you conquered this way and you conquered another way. And that sense of there are those who have gone on before us who have suffered a great deal. And some of the most profound saints that I have ever known were those who knew a life of suffering. And we need to remember them. Maybe, as you can recall, the ones that you have known, or maybe the ones associated with this church, that to recall is to bring to memory. So we set aside this day of the year to recall their stories, to bring to memory. Now, it's harder for us, isn't it? Because we're here in a beautiful building in Smyrna, but... um, a lot of times it's just easier for some, for some in terms of um, used to be like if you worshiped in the cathedrals and you're, the dead are buried under your feet, literally. So I've sat and looked down and, and saw inscribed the person who was dead under my feet. Or you go into the crypt and there are all those bones down in there and, and bodies. And even in... Um, the Appalachian culture, they have what is called Grave Decoration Day, where they will clean the grave every year, put great, beautiful, fresh flowers on it. Then they'll all gather, they'll have a big meal and tell the stories of those who have gone on, the great-grandparents, the grandparents, and on. And it's a way of remembering the story that you were handed. Like, these are the ones who went before us. And even in those churches, you can sit and worship and look at the graveyard where you will be one day. That there are those over the saints there and the saints here. And there's not, you know, well, now, a few years I might be out there. Oh, I sometimes worship at a small rural church near me a little Methodist church, and there are about 15 to 20 in the service, but there are a bunch in the graveyard. (laughs) There are more out there than in here. And the first time I came, they said, they were so happy to see somebody alive, you know. It was like, um, they said, lock the door and don't let her leave, you know, she can't leave. But I remember watching a woman who left the service one morning, and she went into the graveyard to where her husband was buried. And she just was standing there with her hand placed on it, the tombstone. And it was just so poignant to me that um, normally they were always there together, but yet they were there together. 
that's, that's what it is, that we are together. So that whether we're living or whether we're already crossed the veil, we're all part of the same communion. So how do we relate to the ones across the veil? And I don't get too Catholic on you anything <laughs> here. But I do think that we can join with them in longing because they are longing, they're groaning for the day of complete redemption, for all things, for the consummation of all things. Their souls under the altar who are asking, how long, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord? See, we can join with that prayer. We can join with that longing and we can sigh deeply with them and know that it's the one prayer. Come, 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 Lord Jesus. Make all things right. Lord, come, re remake all things so that my prayer is joined with something larger and more ancient and deep and mysterious so that when I pray, I am praying with them, in harmony with them that we are together asking for the Lord to come and to redeem all things. So we can pray with them. We can pray in harmony. We can groan. We can long for those days that the Lord would come and redeem it all. And then another thing I think we can do to remember them is just to tell the stories. Tell our children the stories. Like I mentioned here earlier, Hildegard. And someone goes, Hildegard, yes. Well, yeah, uh, you know, she was something else. She was quite the, the songwriter, the musician, the um, poet, uh, the preacher. She even kind of went up against the Pope and said a few things, which I found fascinating. And, and I, ever, the more I read about her are, are just stories about people in our own Protestant tradition um, like when I read the story of Catherine Booth, you know, just powerful, and William Booth and John Wesley, and I can just go and list people. And my, my husband's mother, um, you know, some of these saints are hidden saints, but yet they're very powerful. And my uh, mother-in-law was one of those hidden saints. She had a Sunday school class, and she taught that class. It was like 50 people in it. And, and it was like her little church in a large church. And she um, was what they called a prayer warrior. And when she prayed, she prayed. And you just thought, it's almost like heaven just sort of went, yes, went there. And the, the line got real thin. And, and, and the Lord showed her things. And she could pray for people who were on their deathbed, and they would be instantly healed. But then she suffered with cancer and kidney disease. So I've seen her pray for someone who was healed and walk away suffering. The mystery of that. That's such a mystery that was in her life. The mystery of suffering and the mystery of glory. It's all there together. And her prayers, she prayed for her children and her grandchildren. And so I look at my daughters, and we look at our grandchildren, and, and know that the prayers that she prayed are efficacious today. Because you know what? Your prayers never die. So when you pray, they go into the presence of God as a sweet-smelling incense. And they're living there. So the prayers of the saints 
are still around and living. So the prayers that Ernestine prayed are, are still efficacious. So the prayers we pray don't go and then fall to the ground. Isn't that wonderful? So the prayers you prayed this morning will live in the presence of God. They are there as incense. They join with the prayers of those who are already departed. And it's one grand, beautiful thing that I can't quite imagine. It's a beautiful tapestry. So know that you're not alone today. There are those who have gone on before you. Some of them are prominent. Some of them are hidden. Some who are hidden may be the most profoundly, um, deeply spiritual that, you know, like I would like to be standing near them when the Lord, when they stand before the Lord, just to hear what he says. Well done to them. So know that you're not alone, that you're part of a grand communion. You have this community but this community is not isolated either. It's part of a larger community. And then we are not isolated that we have part of a very ancient community. Those communion of saints that surround us. If we could see, guys, if we had eyes to see, you know, it's not that they're up there, kind of like that, in some way, but the surrounding is more like this. So they surround us, and we just sometimes don't recognize how close that world is. How close is eternity? Right here. Right here. You don't have to travel into space. This is right here. And sometimes the veil gets real thin, doesn't it? Sometimes it just rips apart. And as you were praying for a saint in this morning, whether the Lord would take her or the Lord would heal her, you know, that, that passing through the veil, that fragrance of life. A friend of mine's mother passed away, and she said they were keeping vigil over her mother. It was a great prayer warrior woman, just loved everybody, loved Jesus. She would fast every Sunday morning and pray for all the pastors. So she said, I'm not going to eat until after church because I'm praying for all the pastors. Just one of those wonderful women. So when she was getting close, you know, sometimes you get close to the veil and people would actually want to be around the dying because they knew that they were kind of like one foot here. As my dad said to my husband, if you could see what I would see, you know I'm not afraid. You know, I'm not. If you're seeing what I'm seeing. And a lot of times it was like they were there and here at the same time. And this woman kind of lived that way for about a week. And she saw angels. She said they were very tall and around in her room, and, and she was speaking to them. So the night that she died, um, the whole house filled with this powerful fragrance that woke everybody up like what is that you know it's like you walk into a place where it's just massive amounts of flowers and they said what is this fragrance and so they went to her bed and she had passed that veil had come open and the fragrance of life intermingled with the stench of death 
But what's the wonderful thing about that is that the fragrance of life is overcoming the stench of death. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? And that we bear the stench of death and we bear the fragrance of life and that is just here with us. The stench of death, the fragrance of life. But the fragrance of life is what we, that's our eternal home. That's our eternal home. But don't run from the stench of death because as Jesus um, endured, as this book, as Hebrews says, the 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 agony and the shame of the cross for the glory set before him. And there was even glory in that cross, too. That's the paradox of it. There's glory in that suffering, glory in that cross, the stench of death and the glory of the cross and the fragrance of life. It's all there, all there. And it's a, a beautiful, painful thing to acknowledge. So we are not alone, brothers and sisters. We have each other, we're not alone. We have the communion of saints. Here, the communion of saints. There. And we are part of one large family. With Jesus Christ, our elder brother, the firstborn of the new creation. And we are in that new creation now. And we will be in that new creation then. And so until that time, we groan and we sigh and we um, pray it in so that um, we can sometimes, we just need a little taste of it. I do. Just a little taste of that which is coming. Because it's already been deposited in us. We have been, as Paul said in Romans, you know, we have been given um, the taste of that or the for down payment of that. And that is living within us. And yet sometimes we lose sight of that. And we need that stirred up by the Holy Spirit so that we taste of the future. We taste the future. We see it. We, we smell it. We know it's there. And there is hope beyond despair. So I wanted to say to you, just closing this morning, you are not alone. You may feel alone. Sometimes we all do. We all do. But we are not alone. We have a large family, a beautiful family, a worldwide family, an ancient family, a family that is more than we could even imagine. And this family is um, our eternal home, where we'll be together forever with our family, those who have gone. And I long to see some of those that, you know, I'm at the age where there are a lot more that I know now that have gone. And so I long to see them, long to be with them. And I long to see the Lord and to be in his divine presence. So on All Saints' Eve, I ask that you take some time in the midst of all the Halloween, Hallow's Eve, to remember the saints. Maybe gather your children. Tell them some stories. Did you know the story of? And this, that person, this saint, that saint, that. And um, inspire them. 
that they can be. You know, we have a lot of celebrities, but we need, uh, we need elders and saints and people who live and exhibit a life that is godly and right. Uh, celebrities come and go, don't they? Kind of like flash in the pan. <laughs> but the righteous life, the good life, the steady life, the faithful life, those are the ones that we need to honor, and those are the ones that we need to treasure. So treasure the relationships you have. Treasure those. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you on this hallowed eve, a time to remember those who have gone on before us and those who are standing with us now, this All Saints Day. We ask that you would help us to treasure that part of our heritage, to treasure the body of Christ, to treasure the brothers and sisters, to treasure those that have gone on before us, some of those who suffered great, even among those now who are suffering, we ask that you would help us to treasure them. I ask that you would teach us, Lord, to live in the body Teach us how to honor one another, to serve one another, to care for one another, to rejoice with one another, to bear one another's burdens. Teach us to be one another. And we give you praise for that, Lord, for you are here with us. You are here with us. You never leave us orphaned. You never leave us forsaken. You are here with us. And we acknowledge your divine presence. We acknowledge the presence of the communion of the saints. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Their prayers, their longing, their groaning, and their desires. And may we be in harmony with them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would stand with me. Thank you so much. Today has been a thin veil day for me, as she was sharing. And as we lead into the doxology, I would just like it if you would say the name of a saint in your life to remember them. We'll give a few moments for that. I'll just say thank you to Sarah Luke, who was a part of our community and then passed along. I would say thank you to both of the Dr. Johns. They've been saints in my life, to my dad, Ken Turner. I would say thank you for St. Patrick, who I felt like mentored me during the pandemic into the monastic communities. And so just for the next few moments, say thank you for, you can name it too in your seat. can actually speak it out too.
Let's close the service with the doxology. Bill, can we put that picture back up? Y'all know this one. Every tribe and tongue. Think about all those people you just said. I was thinking about that verse in Ephesians that says we belong to one another. There's something about that actually happens in our brains when we sing the same song together. It's a binding chemical. It brings unity. So I probably won't even play this and I'm going to step away. So let's just, all you got. So praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him. And praise God from whom all blessings flow, yeah. Praise Him, all creatures here below. And praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. And praise Father. Son and Holy All you got, come on, just the voices Praise God from that you would be with us, that you go before us, and that you allow us to love one another well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.